villagers, get ready. Here's Miss T with a word designed with you in mind. Greetings, listeners. This is Tanisha Baker, and I'm spinning the beginning of the winning talk show that pops to the top, always nice with some spice, where we deal what is real and keep it true just for you. You're inside talking with T. And I'm excited to bring you today's show. We're celebrating the one-year anniversary of Talking With Tea this month. And we are proud to boast that Talking With Tea has not repeated one show to date. This month, we will highlight some of our past favorite segments in Blast from the Past, as well as bring you some exciting new artists and special guests. Today is June 13th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, Mary Kate and Ashley, the Oslin twins, gospel singer Coco, and R&B singer Luke James. As we highlight a theme each month on Talking with T, this month is Just Do It in June. Stop procrastinating and get it done. Stop wishing, stop planning and hoping, and just do it. Sometimes later becomes never. So the time is now for you to take action toward your goals and your dreams. Let's jump into our happy highlights and start with a Canadian Lowe's store which hired a man who had been having difficulty finding work due to a brain injury and was in need of a support dog. To make this news even more joyful, the store created a version of the familiar orange vest for the dog as well. Both the new employee and his service dog will be allowed to work at this Canadian Lowe's. Our next happy highlight is about talk show host John Oliver, who looked at the business of debt collection and debt buying. It is pretty easy, according to him, to buy these debts, and you can do it without any particular license. So, Oliver and his team opened a debt acquisition firm and purchased $15 million in medical debt from people in Texas. The asking price was reportedly less than $60,000. The $15 million in debt was owed by about 9,000 people. However, rather than attempting to collect the debt, as most in this business do, he forgave all the debt and set all those involved free of their medical bills. Don't touch that dial. I'll be back in a while after we hear Us Be by Boris Blues Rogers featuring Shannon Greer. You know, Us Be. Us Be a sunshine hurricane sometimes. Such a chaotic light. Us Be cool. Be a dawn, a slow, warm rising into a hard, worn, soft 
yellow Exit to a bright sky blue You coke Me and aged Hennessy Us me an expensive drink Sipped slow from glass Crafted by the hands of a man Who has never known either Us be rarity Us be cool You beautiful baseline Me melody in the key of easy Us Us be a classic song For today's Blast from the Past, I'm going to share one of our earlier editions of The Crazy Chronicles, which aired September 28, 2015. Well, it's time once again to welcome Pam Campbell with this week's edition of The Crazy Chronicles. Pam, welcome back. Hello, good to be back. Well, I want to start by talking about 103-year-old Miss Georgia Ham Biggs of Elberton, Georgia, And she received the following letter, and I'm just going to read the letter straight out. Dear Miss Georgia Ham Biggs, this letter is to inform you that according to the bylaws of the Union Grove Baptist Church and by vote of the active members, 
any membership or associations that you have had with this church are now officially revoked. Therefore, you cannot attend Union Grove Baptist Church for any reason whatsoever. You are not to come to the property of the Union Grove Baptist Church located at 680 Pulliam Street in Elberton, Georgia, 30635. Sincerely, the members and officers of the Union Grove Baptist Church. Mm-mm-mm. So, Miss Miss Ham Big said she was shocked. Can you imagine receiving a letter saying that you could no longer attend church? I didn't even know they could revoke church memberships. Me neither. And who gonna make the potato salad for the church picnic now? <laughs> oh no, she's been going to that church all of her life, and she's a hundred and three years old, and they had the nerve. To say she couldn't come back. But her and the pastor, Tim Maddox, had been at odds since he was hired six years ago. And she said that just because she disagreed with his preaching style doesn't mean she didn't want to attend the church. But this this is where they take it too far. So after she receives the letter, she says she's going to go to the church anyway, okay? (laughs) I would too. So, But she goes to church, they call the police on her. Mm. They had to do sister beans like that. Listen, 103 years old, goes to church, call the police on her. And so the police get there and, of course, tell them they can't do anything about it. So the church is now kind of divided because some people are on her side and some people are on the pastor's side and several members left the church. So after really reading this story, I got a recent update that the pastor has now been voted out of the church. You know what goes around comes around. Yes, it But does. he's not giving up. He's going to take the situation to court. And so I hope this doesn't prod other churches to start revoking memberships of, of members just because of a disagreement. Do you think it will? I hope not. I mean, Miss Big, she want her money back from the church building fund. That's all she wants. <laughs> You're going to put me out and give my money back. I know. That's right. Can you imagine um, all that she has probably contributed to that church over, you know, that many years that of service. Years. But anyway, you know, I guess we've seen crazier things. Yes, we have. And the other thing I want to talk about, I recently read an article, and I know this topic is going to be uh, one that you'll <laughs> find particular interest in because I see you have a lot of opinions about it. But I was reading an article about a side chick who has now become a wife, and now she's a little uncertain and questions the potential of her having a successful marriage so I was just wanting to give you an opportunity to share some feedback and some thoughts you had about being a side chick Mm-mm-mm. bless her little heart first of all I'm going to say this coming from a recovering side chick <laughs> I just are want you, to say that are you recovering I'm recovered oh you're recovered <laughs> I'm well, recovered I'm proud of in you in my younger years okay you never want the top position for why why would you want it well you know I was thinking wouldn't you want to celebrate a holiday on the actual holiday instead of the day before or the day after yeah it used to be like that but now these men are giving side chick privileges. They meeting the mama, the kids. They what? on holidays. Is it yes, like a joint family? It's thing? like a joint family. It's like girlfriend in law. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I want to make it clear <laughs> that I missed that memo. Um, and you know, as I'm a fan of scandal, like many of you are, I often thought, "Poor Olivia, 
Giving side chicks hope one episode at a time. Yes, she is. But Olivia, she didn't want to be in the White House. She just wanted to go to Vermont. That's all, want. <laughs> That's all hey. they be wanting is just to go there. But you have to remember that once you get with that man and you're supposed to be his, that side chick position is back open. So you're never going to be able to rest easy. I right, that right. That's probably why she can't really have faith in a successful marriage because she knows the potential and she knows that side chicks are out there. Yes, they are learning. Willing and waiting, huh? Yes, they are. Well, all right, Pam, we're going to wrap up this segment of the Crazy Chronicles. And as always, thank you for joining me, and I can't wait till we talk next week. Yes, I will be here. Thank you. Well, our good friend Jay is under the weather, and we wish him well in a speedy recovery. But I do have Pam with me today as we bring you trending news and our Monday Minute Quick Bit. So, Pam, how are you? I'm doing great, and we're going to keep Jay and I prayers that he will get to feeling better. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to jump right into the news since we have a lot going on on today's show. Uh, first, I just want to bring up that President Obama prepares to come to terms with taking his daughter Malia to Harvard after her recent high school graduation. They had a very close relationship, and President Obama says he will miss her terribly. Also, another quick bit is about Virginia Tech, as they banned the historical black fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha for 10 years due to hazing. And in a statement to the attorney for Alpha Phi Alpha's national organization, it states that members engaged in hazing behavior that included both physical and psychological abuse. The fraternity must now cease all operations and activities on campus. So you can click the link to the story on my webpage to find out more details about the hazing incident. Yes, come on, ASIA. You have to do better. Now, weren't they the first African-American fraternity on campus? Yes, they were. They were. And, you know, you think that after the number of hazing incidents that have occurred across the country on multiple campuses, that people would be more careful. There would be uh, some stricter supervision. And I understand all of it, as myself am a member of a sorority, um, but there has to be some type of regulation that would prevent people from being hurt, and I think there have been cases where people have even lost their lives in hazing, so we really have to take this more seriously, and although I really hate for uh, that chapter to be banned for 10 years, which is a lot, I do think that we have to actually bring attention to it because as a parent, obviously when you send your child to college and if they want to make a decision to pledge a fraternity or a sorority, you still want them to be safe and, and yeah. not to suffer, you know what I mean, serious harm. So That's true. Uh, yeah. All right. So another story that's big in the news is this past Friday night after a concert in Florida, Former voice contestant Christina Grimmy was shot and killed. The gunman then fatally shot himself. Now, Grimmy's brother rushed and tackled the gunman, who had two loaded magazines, a large hunting knife, and two handguns. So it's possible that he may have intended to do more harm to just Christina. But apparently, the suspect had traveled to Orlando with the intentions of committing this crime, and then 
his plans were to travel back to wherever he had come from. So police are still trying to figure out a motive, but this is definitely a tragic end to the start of a promising career. Yes, people are crazy, and I loved her on The Voice. She was on Adam Levine's team, and she had a beautiful voice, and she was she was just wonderful. And it's just sad that you can't even you can't even do a show and sign autographs after. And people were like standing in line. He just walked up and shot her multiple times, and with no motive really. They haven't found any reason why he would do it. Yeah, you know what this reminds me of a scene out of The Bodyguard when um, she was out and she just had an obsessed fan. And it's yeah. crazy to me how people become so obsessed with celebrities that they don't know, they haven't ever in- interacted with or anything, and they become so obsessed that they stalk them, break into their homes, or even like this, commit violent acts. In fact, I posted a story on social media where I believe there were about 50 cases similar to this where celebrities had been targeted by total strangers. So that makes no bit of sense to me. Not one bit. Well, this next story won't make any sense either. But police shot and wounded Sean Nicholas Diamond, who was threatening them with a rock. And when I first read the headlines, I was like, wait, he got shot and he had a rock. But as the story unfolds, this is what happened. There was a domestic disturbance, and Diamond had been arrested this past Monday after he drove his car into a cluster of trees following some kind of altercation with his girlfriend. So that right there is a little off. And then when Diamond was released from jail, his ex-girlfriend agreed to pick him up from jail so he could fly home to Maryland. Now, during the ride to the airport, he became angry, and the ex-girlfriend says he struck her. Video shows the two getting out of their car at the airport, unloading bags, and then all of a sudden he picks up a traffic cone and puts it through the rear windshield, and then he takes the same traffic cone and starts banging on the front windshield. Then he picks up some rocks and starts throwing the rocks at the car, and that's when the police come, and one of them had their weapons drawn. And so they started telling him, you know, to be still, stop moving, put the rock down. And from what I can tell in the sequence of events, Diamond then said, you're going to have to shoot me, and which the police officer did. So now this case, of course, will cause some controversy despite the actions of the suspect because one thing um, I read was that once he was down, after he was shot the first time, he was shot five more times. Yes. So that, I think, is going to raise some questions. And I just wish people would stop acting so erratic and doing stupid things because one thing we can do to drastically reduce the number of these incidents is not give the police a reason to engage with us in the first place. And so, you know, as we are teaching our young people about precautions and how to interact with the police and what to do if they're stopped, I think more importantly is teaching them how to be a law-abiding citizen and reduce the risk for that by obeying the laws. 
and not giving them a reason to stop you. And um, I think I mentioned before, now this won't totally solve it. I'm just saying it'll reduce it because we, we've heard of a couple of unfortunate cases where there was no crime committed and someone still suffered at the hands of law enforcement. But for the most part, I think that, like I said, we can reduce the number of incidents by helping people or teaching our young people to be more law-abiding. Well, then you think about it, it's just a rock. A rock. It's not a gun. You know, when he said shoot, they should have been like, do a quick plan, you have a rock. They could easily do anything with a rock. And then then when he was down, you shoot him five more times because he had a rock. That just seems over the top. Seems like they were wanting to do something anyways. Yeah, that's where it starts looking a little extreme because, uh, and that was my first thought. You know, okay, gun versus rock is a no-brainer. Of course, I don't know the size of the rock. And obviously, he's busting out windows. And if you look at the picture, you know, he's kind of a sizable guy. But still, gun versus rock, mm, I don't know. And then when he's down, shooting him five times. Now, I don't agree with the domestic disturbance part because he was acting a plum fool running his car into some trees and then hitting the girlfriend, breaking out her car windows and such. But I'm not sure that the police actions were justified. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, this, see, how, uh, we'll see how this unfolds because, you know, it's going to be more and more to the story once it, you know, transpires. Oh, it always is. Always is. Well, uh, this next story is really big in trending news. And it's about the Stanford swimmer, Brock Turner. In January of last year, two students found Brock Turner sexually assaulting an unconscious woman behind a dumpster on the campus of Stanford University. Then this past March, Turner was found guilty of three counts of sexual assault, and he faced a maximum of 14 years in prison. Then to the shock and the dismay of many, including myself, he was sentenced to only six months in county jail. And, you know, I'm like the kids thinking, where they do that at? Like, are they serious? <laughs> you know, and the judge said that he feared a longer sentence would have a severe impact on Turner as he aspired to compete in the Olympics. In a powerful letter from the victim, she describes the severe impact of the incident on her. And if you haven't read her letter, you can find a link to that on my website under today's show. But it is so well written and so moving in what she describes as a traumatic and heartbreaking experience. And she says this damage is irreversible. So in the midst of public outrage, a letter from his father made it even worse because he kind of brushes off his son's crime. In fact, I don't think he ever really acknowledges that what his son did was a crime. And he describes it, uh, describes the assault as 20 minutes of action. And many have gone in on him, you know, this poor misguided soul, because he obviously is not only misguided, but has misguided his son. And I think it's people like him that contribute to the rape culture in this country. Turner's mother, you know, she also wrote a letter. And I understand people love their kids. I get that. 
In her mm-hmm. letter, she was pleading for mercy from the court, stating that her son would not survive prison and that it would be a death sentence for him. Furthermore, Brock Turner is no longer eligible to compete in any event sanctioned by USA Swimming. And so he's banned for life for that. And so I applaud them for taking that action. And after more of the investigation was revealed, and more and more comes out every day, but we learned that Turner had lied about his partying habits, which included drinking and taking drugs as far back as high school. And uh, I think when he applied to Stanford, he lied about his participation in, in those habits and those types of things. But uh, one more piece to the story is that more than one million people have signed a petition to remove Judge Aaron Persky from the bench after his light and lenient sentence on Turner. So this story yeah, he, has really rocked everybody. It is, because, and then what moved me so with the victim's letter, um, she started out, she was like, you don't know me, but you've been in me. And I was like, wow. You know, how, yeah. you know, and the two guys that actually seen it and actually, you know, pulled him off of her, it's just, you know, they, you know, they're so traumatized by it, but then they can't believe that he's actually going to have to do three months now because they said he could get off for good behavior oh, in yeah. three months. Yeah, so and um, I, I think they're actually being considered heroes, and I think I would agree because not only did they take a moment and not look away to stop and say, hey, something's wrong, pull him mm-hmm. off of her when he ran, one of them called him, and they held him down till the police got there, which is good because other than that, I don't know if we would have ever known who had assaulted her. Yeah, and then with the daddy writing that letter, it just shows that the apple doesn't fall far from the privileged tree because that's all that is, is no, a privileged said it well. small child. You but said, hey, no. you remember the Apple Windsor case? Yes, this is another example of that influenza. I'm still but, trying to figure out when we're going to get a hood influenza case and get some relief from some of the people who have been sentenced to very lengthy, lengthy um, sentences or punishments for more minimal crimes. And I would applaud President Obama for um, releasing some of these people. Some of them were serving life sentences on what was described as either, you know, petty drug charges or, or things mm-hmm. like that, nonviolent crimes. And they were sentenced, I mean, life sentences. And this guy gets six months and can be out in three for a violent sexual assault. And, you know, it's really too graphic. And I don't want to verbalize what happened. I just suggest that. If you want the details, I have several parts to the story um, on my webpage from her letter to actually the two men that found her, them describing the incident, the letters from the mother and the father, as well as the petition to have the judge removed. All of that is on www.talkingwitht.com on today's show. Yes, and he should be removed. For him to say that he doesn't need to go to prison because he would have a negative effect on his life and he has goals and dreams and I'm thinking well I know plenty of 
African-American young men that have goals and dreams that are sitting in prison on drug charges, and they've given them football number sentences and life. Yeah, yeah, and so. even taking race out of it. What about her goals and dreams? You know what I'm saying? Like, she's going to be forever changed, and um, some of her life is taken away that she can never regain, like she said, irreversible damage. Well, we have one more final story. I mean, there were many this week, but I'm going to share one more. And uh, that is about the tragic incident that happened late Saturday night going into Sunday morning with what is described as the worst mass shooting in U.S. history, which took place at a gay nightclub in Orlando. Orlando had a hard time these past few days, haven't they? Because Christina Grimmie was in Orlando. And then they, you know, people were still, you know, trying to get, you know, fathom that, get over that, and then this happened. Right, right. Well, the police ultimately killed the gunman, who was the son of immigrants from Afghanistan and had previously been questioned by the FBI. His former wife said he was emotionally and mentally disturbed with a violent temper, who at one time actually wanted to be a police officer. So it's believed that his actions were in alignment with his allegiance for ISIS. And as just as the couple six months ago, less than a year, that opened fire in San Bernardino killing 14 people. So it's like these rogue people that are doing things on their own, you know, just because they're committed to that movement without even being organized actually officially under ISIS. They're just kind of going out and committing these terrorist acts. But this one was over the top. My heart is really breaking for the families and the people impacted by this incident because that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And, you know, and his friends and exes have said that, he um he had an issue with gay people. He said he hated to see them, you know, holding hands and kissing and everything. So his whole thing was he just didn't like them. He wanted to kill as many as he could at one time. You know, and it's wow. just sad that someone have that much hate in their heart for they will hurt someone just because of their lifestyle. You know, we're all the same. I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're gay, you're straight. You know, we're all human beings, and he'll have to, you know, answer to a higher being than right. anything. And, that... you know, this has come up a couple of times, but I think, in fact, uh, as we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of talking with T, it was uh, about a year ago when I was talking about this. You know, we can disagree with certain with certain acts, you know, <laughs> as far as people being homosexual or whatever. I think it's when we were talking about some of the rights for the LBGT community. But uh, it's not our place to judge. And the Bible distinctly says that we're not to. It's our job to love. And, you know, God handles the rest. And so people are taking their hatred um, to the extreme, not just in this case, But in general, across the country, it seems like I see a surge of racist acts, um, acts that are grounded in bigotry or people being prejudiced to others, you know, whether it's race or sexual orientation or, 
you know, social economic status or whatever it is, things are really getting a little haywire and uh these so these stories are surfacing faster and faster. Yes, they are. Things I don't know, I don't know if it's just we're noticing it now because it, you know, it may have been going on before. Maybe it wasn't so, you know, prevalent then, or it's just people are just coming out more and, and doing it, being comfortable with showing all this hatred. Because I just can't yeah. imagine, like, when we were growing up and things like that, I don't ever rem- remember it being, you know, terrorist acts or hate crimes or things like that, you know, if it, it probably happened, but it wasn't happening at this rate. Yes, I'm thinking there was some type of gap, because obviously in the 50s and the 60s and the 40s, um, there were a lot of hate crimes. Um, yes. And during the civil rights movement and a lot of violent acts and a lot of overt um, racist acts, but... And it seemed like you said, you know, during our generation, as we moved into the late 70s through the 90s, we didn't hear about it as much. And now, it's done got buck wild. People have lost their mind. And I'm thinking in the 70s, it probably didn't happen because that was during the hippie moment. Everybody oh, yeah, was everybody was in love. love. Everybody was in love. I just love you so much. Oh, you yeah. can't nobody because you were so high. You, you couldn't see if they was black or white. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, that's <laughs> it for this bit. And hopefully Jay will be able to join us next week. But I can't wait to get with the two of you and find out what's going on in trending news. I know, and I can't wait to tell it. And in Jay's voice, he can't wait to say it. <laughs> All right, now. Not long ago, I interviewed award-winning playwright Pishanda DuBose and learned about many of her works and accomplishments. I then had a chance to meet her in person as I was a recipient of a Peach Theater Award, which she established and hosted this year in Cozumel, Mexico. Now, Pishanda is working on a new theatrical production entitled Ferguson which is inspired by the 1957 film 12 Angry Men and the incident in Ferguson most recently. I have been following her post as she reveals each character and their perspectives. I must say, as she reveals more and more of the storyline and shares the perspectives of these characters, I'm more and more engaged and more and more interested in how this will all pan out. But I am sharing this today because I encourage each of you to check out her social media page, which is on my website and my social media outlets as well. I also encourage you to strongly consider offering your support for her efforts in bringing this play to life as it's scheduled for release in September. I predict this will be a production that goes down in history as one of the greats, and I can't wait until it hits the stage. Be reminded that Talking With Tea Trivia Tuesdays is still going on and will continue through the month of June. In order to participate, you must visit www.talkingwithtea.com each Tuesday this month and look for the contest tab. You will find the trivia questions and the instructions for submitting your answers. 
Our winners and prizes will be announced on the show that will air on the 4th of July. Go back and listen to previous shows and explore the website to be successful in the Talking With T Trivia Contest. Well, once again, we've come to an end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwithtea.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you use an iPhone or an iPad, I would love for you to download the podcast there. I'm exploring additional listening platforms and will update you as they develop. Currently, you can listen to Talking With Tea on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, or TuneIn Radio. Remember that new shows drop each Monday, and don't forget to subscribe to Talking With Tea Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. If you aren't being treated with love and respect, check your price tag. Maybe you've marched yourself down. It's you who tells people what you're worth. Get off the clearance rack and get behind the glass where the valuables are kept. Remember where you heard the word, keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.